Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Yo, yo, yo. So we're recording. We have we have audio. Hey, can you hear me? It's hard for me to talk and whisper today because I'm sick as fuck. Are you really? <laughs> mm, sorry. It's okay. Um, do you want me to send you some chicken noodle soup or something some, up there? Some, you like, know, I love soup so much. Hmm. I have the I have a head cold, not the vid. Oh, yeah. It's been oh. going around the shop. And I got it. Now it's my turn. Well, I hope you feel better soon. It's all right. I'm medicated. I had some cold ease drops. I got my water. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, doing okay so far. All right. You need to keep me posted on this stuff more because I would have liked, I just, I just need to know. Like I would I, like to have known. Hey, I got, I'm letting you know right now because today's the first day I've been sick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have texted me this morning and so, just hey, let I'm me sick. know. So yeah, that way. I can send you some, you know, Love. good, some healing vibes, get mm-hmm. well vibes over the internet. <clears throat> okay. I'd rather okay. see your face. Mm. Well, here we go. Okay, cool. How is it at the shop right now? Cause for everybody listening, we're recording on a what Tuesday at noon. At um, it is, it is Tuesday, January 11th. I think I'm going to get this right. 1120 AM for you central standard time yeah right yeah um we don't normally do this but look we have a streak going here of 80 i want to say three or two or four mondays in a row and there's no way we're gonna put that we're not missing a monday fuck fuck that shit i mean even if we have to come on for like one second and say right hey (laughs) hey what's up yeah we're definitely we're we're not letting you down can't do it that's Won't right. do it. Streaks alive. Yep. So this is uh we're doing a safety episode to make sure that uh, we keep that going. That's right. Um, how is the shop today? I would say, um, and yesterday. So this week, it's probably what I would call just a manageable pace. Like mm-hmm. nobody's stressed out. We have um, shirts to print, which is. Um, I'm pretty stoked about because a lot of times in January, as you know, it can bip hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some hard bippage. For sure. But um, right now we have, like we partnered with somebody last year and we had talked, like we had planned as one of the things I wanted is just some work in January and it's actually coming through. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super grateful for that. Um, I am though kicking everybody out of here these days at four o'clock. Like we're shutting down presses between 3.30 and 4. Yeah. So that... Um, they can get a little daylight in their lives before they, you know, the worst is, is to like to show up when it's like dark, basically. And then leave and then, when it's dark. Yeah. That's not, that's depressing. Right. I think mm-hmm. human beings, they like, that's why my shop like, has no windows. <laughs> like on purpose, like zero windows. Mm. We happen to have some windows. Cause you know about that insurance we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I like the idea of leaving it for, I don't always get to leave it for, but, you know, I still leave when it's light yeah. because, um, for the month of January, 
it's it's dark around five, but we gain a minute a day. By the time it hits February, it's doesn't uh, the sunset isn't until like here anyway is like at five thirty. So yeah, that's that's how it works. So that's how the world works. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Anything else? No, I'm sorry. That's boring. I know when we start talking finished, about science, I finished Yellowstone last night. Wow. So is that why you were texting me slow last night? Yeah, because I would ask you something and then you Yeah, I was balls deep. Yeah. Mm. I was I was finishing it. I had three episodes left and I just knocked them out last night. Mm. It's funny I got home and I was like starting to feel sick. I was like, I am gonna go sit in the hot tub. So I went and sat in the hot tub. I made some phone calls, work stuff, and then I uh we cooked up some uh, chicken sausages and then uh, I went upstairs, laid in bed and pound out three hours of Yellowstone and mm. went to sleep. Ooh, dad joke button. You have Busted no other it. ones? Oh, I have some other ones. Busted it out. Mm. My daughter said she was cold, so I told her to sit in the corner because it's 90 degrees. Oh, that's like one of my favorite dad jokes of all time. I hope it you can I hope that you can hear it like some you know how the zoom cuts it out. Okay, it's trying to I have a yeah. speed bumps. I'm slowly getting over it. <laughs> the guy's laugh is so fucking obnoxious. Good. You have to like that's part of the dad joke I'm learning is that own the it. Shitty laugh afterwards. And then yeah, shitty dad laughed after like that makes the joke better. Shitty dad laugh. Hold on, one more here. I used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, but then I turned myself around. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I thought that um, since we've got people here at the shop today, besides me, I'm not like solo, um, that somebody else could tell a dad joke. So, Joanne, uh, could you come over here for us? And she's Joanne, you're a dad? I didn't, I didn't tell her. She is. Yeah, she is a dad. I didn't know. You probably don't know that about her, but she's shaking her head like she's not coming over here. But Joanne, come on. Come on. Come on. Tell her I'm telling her to come over. Dylan's begging for you. To I want to see here. her beautiful face. He wants to see your beautiful face. <laughs> she, Joe, just Joe. Made, she just made the ugliest look on her face. You <laughs> loved it. Okay. So come in here. That's what she said. You are. Can I, tell, can I tell a mom joke? It's a mom joke. It's totally a mom. Yeah, whatever you got. Now I'm supposed to read it. Yeah. Right into, into the mic. She knows how to read, right? Put your mouth, put your mouth right there. That's what, that's what he said. That's what she said. I gave my friend an apple and he told me he preferred pears. So I gave him another apple. (laughs) You have to laugh. (laughs) No, where did these come from? All right. And this next one, I told her last night and she just stared at me. She, she hated, she hated this one. So ready? Number two. Yeah. One more. Okay. Uh, There. My dog's name is Minton. Today he ate my shuttlecock. Bad Minton. (laughs) That one is good. I do like that. It's a lot better when you say it. I like it. When, I like that JoJo did it. It's way better when she did it. I'm hiding now. Hey, did you know that I recently joined a news colony? Oh, I saw this one. Uh, hold on. What? Did, how did it go? Um, <laughs> the first week were, is the hardest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you chose that one. Oh, definitely. Got any I more? Gotta, I got, hold on. I got someone. Uh, Christina sent me this the other day and I got to, I got to talk about it. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold up. It's, it's just me. It says, will I stop posting inappropriate memes? Will I work on not cursing? 
Will I finally stop laughing at sexual innuendos like a 15-year-old boy? Tune in next week to the next episode of Absolutely Fucking Not. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, I don't see that happening. That's what I live by. So it would be sad. It would be a sad day for um, for New York, uh, for our friendship, for America, for the world, Mm -hmm. if uh, if that happened. Um, And so let's not let it happen. Okay. Okay. I noticed it's eleven twenty nine. Our guest is here. We got a smash. We got a smash. Yeah, we do. We just got a text from Frank. What like? 15 minutes. We ago. did. We did. We did. Yes. Sad one. Right. He is, he will not be attending ISS, um, but we're going to see him. We'll see him soon anyway, somehow, yeah. some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I understand, I get it. I get yes, the whole thing. Fully. Um, but you know what? It all starts with the screen and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best to find out more, go to graphic screen fashion.com. Rank.com. Pretty good. Yeah. That's so good. Or um, the other one. Refuckingscreens.com. Yes, please. Cleaning screens is no fun, but Easy Way makes We're it no fun. funner. So fun. Their line of eco friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop clean. Check them out at easyway.com. Easy Way. It's the easiest way. Action, action, action. <laughs> <laughs> You're from North Dakota. Uh, yeah. Action engineering makes a ton of accessories printers need go to actionengineering.com to have a look and then use shirt show at checkout to get a one-time discount mm-hmm. of 15% off, 15% off, go out there and buy your whole, like a whole new set of pallets. That's what mm. you use the 15% off for. Sleeve, Rough. maybe the sleeve, maybe sleeve a sleeve palette, maybe or... a youth palette, maybe a what else for the 15 percent off yeah use mm-hmm. it for the big stuff if you want to just go get fresh squeegee rubber for the fresh year do that now monarch color makes an everyday white and also something they call ult2 and dylan what does that stand for ultimate that's right ultimate or otherwise known aka ultra low ultra temp. low temp for those tough Poly prints, you want to use that, the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh, also, they have a high opacity mixing system. Mixing system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn more at monarchcolor.com. Ink better, print better, be better. Live moss. Monarch. Monarch. We get really calm when we do monarch. You know that? It's like, yeah. it's just, it's I a also, calming. Yeah name it's a calming ink everything about it, it the vibe it, it, the energy you just you just relax because you know why because you get an you get an opaque um i'm relaxed because i know all my prints are going to come out good because the ink's so good hell yeah brother i don't have to stress out today's guest is miles park hill from miles t-shirts in springfield illinois and how do you think, do you, think you came up with his name for a shop man yeah you're right that's you know, like that's one of the hardest things about starting a business is like it is. But look, name. here's the thing: like if your name was Miles Doom, dude, I think I said Doom, <laughs> Doom, straight Doom. Yeah, that didn't come out right. Um, that was a good game though, but no, 
if your name's Miles, it's just, it's a cool name. Of course, you're going to name your, your, your shop Miles, whatever it is, Miles Tires. What if you had like, what if you were over That's the a perfect road? name. That's a perfect name for a tire company is Miles. I know. Like that's, he should probably quit screen printing. Right. And start. Like um, put on the miles with milestires.com. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> stretch it out because here we go. Yeah. I feel like a flaming pile of dog shit right now. So I can't wait for this. You don't, you wouldn't know it. Like if I'm looking at you right now, I think like you look like a million bucks. I feel like I want to be under the covers with my head mm -hmm. on the pillow watching a movie well, until my eyes roll back. You can do that in a few hours. It's 1234 there. Yeah. Put in four more hours and then get the hell out of there and go home. Fucking mustache. I hope he did that just for us. It's glorious. Blood mm -hmm. mustache? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's fake. And he just pulls it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you print skateboard decks too? Because it sure looks like it. Back in the day, uh, I definitely tried. And people always would come in because I used to have those hanging in our front office. And uh, people always thought, oh, did you print these? No, I didn't. But that's why you yeah, took them I down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they're at my office now and not like right. in the showroom. So. I uh, I collect screen printed posters and same thing. Like the whole office is full, like wall to wall screen printed posters. And we would always have customers come in. They'd be like, oh, did you make these? And I'm like, no, I just like them. So how goes it on this uh, Tuesday afternoon? Well, uh, I had a new employee start yesterday and I was going to really work side by side with her for the whole week. And that went to crap as soon as Andy texted me and said, Hey, do you want to be on the show tomorrow? I think he, I think you need to pull her into the podcast. I mean, that's a good like um let's talk like about test. screen printing industry news. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, she'll be fine. It's you know. What is she work. gonna do? What's her role? Uh she's gonna be at the front desk. So now with front desk, I've kind of always just like, you know, like that learn to swim thing, just like kick them in the pool and see how they do. Yep. Uh, is that what you're doing? Just like, hey, start answering these calls and emails. Well, yesterday, uh, before Andy had texted me, it was, hey, I'm I'm not going to throw you out there. I'm not going to make you deal with customers probably for the whole first week, and you'll just kind of oversee everything and shadow me. But now it's yep, go jump. You're good. Get on that shit. The funny thing is, it's like so much easier for them in January too, because it's like they're not getting pounded with emails. Yeah. And yeah, there's definitely not a lot going on. We have a ton of orders, but they're already all input, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, we talked about this once before and I wanted to mention it since you just brought it up because as far as like, you know, let, like feeding them to the wolves, no kicking them to sharks. the wolves. I don't know what you said. Kicking, sharks, kicking wolves, kicking, <laughs> whatever that saying is. Um, remember when we had Max on and he said that somebody that is um, somebody on his team came up with like a training outline um, for a lot of different departments. And it's kind of like a syllabus where it says, okay, week one, week two, week three, week four, some goals, you know? And so um, he forwarded, forwarded that to me. And I, um, you would never just, guess that English is your first language. I, <laughs> I have trouble with it. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'll admit, I probably shouldn't be doing a podcast, but I get it out eventually. The thought comes out. And here's what I'm trying to say is that I, um, I, 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 Jesus I, Christ. custom. <laughs> they uh, do edit this, right? 
Fucking, I feel not, so bad for much. Chad. <laughs> not much. Not enough on this one. Not enough. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be tough. This is so but, painful. Um, I customized it for our shop here, and so we've got. Um, I only did it in two weeks. I got week one and week two, and it's just a outline. It's like a training outline of what I have called customer service specialist. Which I guess I think that sounds like the the person that you're hiring. I will gladly share this with you, and you can take a look at it. You could shred it burn it, whatever. Yeah. Or maybe use so it. I have a very basic one. Cause I, there's certain things that I'm very particular about how you answer the phone, how you talk about certain things. I really hate when people say, can I get the cheapest shirt? Mm-hmm. I avoid that word. You just I hang like up say, right then. You just, I, <laughs> I just say, well, I have like, uh, something that's more cost effective or I have, you know, I, uh, other words that you can use besides cheap. Cause I think cheap, cheapens our brand and cheapens our service. Right. So I just try to stay away from that word. Well, walk us through a little bit of like what you're going to do with her. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to manage it? Uh, well, Andy's going to send me a document and I'm just going to steal that. <laughs> to ride that out. I mean, it's pretty much like all print shops. You just go to your other shop, see what they do and copy it. Right. Now, um, really going through, there's so many things, obviously we do printing, but I also mm-hmm. have like a disc golf business we sell boxes. We do a lot of like laser engraved bag tags. So there's so many people coming at her from different directions and we do a lot of fulfillment. So we get those phone calls too and emails say, where's my stuff or so, you know, there might so be they have a lot on there. their plate then. Oh, it, it can be a lot. Um, and typically all of us in the office share that, uh, depending on who's busy, not busy, who can answer the phone, but, uh, she'll be, it takes time. It just takes time. Like you can't learn all this in one day you no. know, or one week um, really. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think it takes, I mean, after a month you have uh, a, like a basic understanding and then really it takes um, some mistakes. It takes a lot of practice and eventually it's just so much easier because you're like, you're building off of some of the basics, you know? And so I have on here, like, I'll just, I'll just quickly go over week one and week two without um, taking too long here. And so like week one, I have some bullet points. It says introduction to the team. Number two, desk setup. Number three, facilities tour. Number four, screen printing 101. And number five is quality control. And so what I like to do in the first week is meet the team, you know, like introduce them to most people, like the people that they're going to be working with and not be awkward about it and or, or that, or try to be a little, as, as little awkward as minimize the awkwardness. And, uh, and then the next thing we do is get their workstation set up because like, do they, how do, how do they function, you know, and what do they need to function? Because it's the worst when you don't have everything together. And so we put that together, even before they're here, we sort of have it all set up so that they feel like, you know, we thought about them coming in here. Um, next is, um, oh yeah, that screen printing 101. It's like, they're going to be, unless that person has experience in screen printing, they're going to be answering phone calls and they have to have some answers, right? And so just talking about it and saying, oh, by the way, that's a press. Those are screens. That's ink. Okay, now come answer questions. That's that's too tough, right? And so I actually take them back and run a job with them, just them. Um, I, I say okay. them because um, this last time I did two at the same time, but... Um, <laughs> I was waiting, Dylan. But uh, I, I take... You could, if it's just one person, you could just go set up a job. And so I usually it's simple, like a one color and I have them put a screen in them, put the squeegee flood in them, ink it up. And they even load a shirt so that it's like really familiar. And of course they all, they knock, 
you know, they're not going to be able to print a job or anything, but at least they have touched a screen and, and a squeegee and a flood bar and all that kind of stuff. You know, so that's just like some, some basics and why, and that's why I say one-on-one because it's nothing in intermediate or it's nothing advanced. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's pretty basic. Yeah. Um, I won't go through the rest of this, this stuff, but it's just, it's things like that. That if you can, if they have that, you know, when they are, when they start, they can at least look at it and then maybe start checking some stuff off. Like, okay, I've done these things. I've got these things. And so that by the end of two weeks, you know, we've sort of come at least, um, a decent, um, away, uh, and learned some stuff. And then we can start building on that. And if we missed anything, because maybe it got busy or maybe they missed a day or who knows what, we can kind of spend the following week, you know, trying to catch up or reviewing that stuff. You know what I mean? So it sort of um, sets some expectations. And also when you get 30 days down the road and you say, hey, what about this? They, can, they can't say, oh, well, you never told me I should know this. You know what I mean? So it sort of covers, right. I think, some of that basic stuff. Anyway, and I, I had a past employee. I went through a lot of people in this position this year just because um, I always needed someone. And a couple of the people had just applied for a lot of jobs. They'd be here for a couple of weeks and then they actually got the job they wanted, or they were my friends. And I said, Hey, you know, you're between jobs, come work for me, whatever it is. So we kind of had a lot of turnover, but one of the guys made a document and made notes. Uh, he called it a cheat sheet. But really, here's the things that you can do in your downtime. Um, and then also, I had to make notes of certain customers who not to bother. Don't send payment requests to any of these people because they're on terms. Uh, or don't bother these people because they might be annoyed if I'm saying, hey, pay this or hey, come pick this up. You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, otherwise, like I've, I told uh, the new employee... If you do that, I'm just going to throw you under the bus and say, oh, the new person doesn't know what they're doing. And yeah. they just sent you an email for no reason. We definitely do so. that. Um, our, like, as soon as you come to the front door, there's like a front desk, like a typical, like cut out of the wall, yep. you know, like thing, phone, everything. That's like throw you to the wolves. Like every customer service person starts there. And it's like the green person seat. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones that are answering all, most 99% of the phone calls. They're the ones that are greeting every customer that comes to the door. They're the ones that are getting all the kind of like brand new customers that are just coming through the website looking for quotes. And they're also the ones that anytime we need somebody to fill in for pulling shirts on the dryer or uh, potentially mixing an ink if it's necessary or heat pressing like that's that person's role so that and it's meant to be that way so that they get their hands dirty in like every part of the business as much as possible so that they kind of just like learn hard it's like a boot camp of okay you you're experiencing all these things and then the the, the way they grow out of that position is they are technically doing sales like if they're bringing in all these new people from the website that like place an order eventually they're going to get like a reputation with those people and a relationship that grows. And then once they're like, okay, I have this customer that, you know, places X amount of orders all the time. And they have like 30 of those or whatever. It's like, okay, it's time for you to graduate to your own desk, like in the main room. So once they get their own, I'm going to be busy all day, just replying to those customers, just setting up orders, the POs, everything. Then we move them and then we get someone else to the front desk. Like, yeah, I've tried over the years, just hiring someone that immediately goes to that desk in the room kind of thing, like just looking for orders and filling things. I feel like it never works. 
it's always like you have to earn that position because anybody you know, I'm just like, oh, come in and do sales. Like they just get burnt out in like two weeks and they're like, I have nothing to do. I can't figure anything out. I just want to fart around on Facebook all day. So yeah. like, they need that kick in the teeth front desk position. I feel like. Well, and I, I think I was thinking about employees that I've hired in the last year. I mean, we went through 30 and I have 30 W2s, you know, and I only have like 15 employees. So we went through, you know, and some of those people were part-time. We have some kids coming like on work programs from the local like tech school and stuff like that. But uh, most people don't have any experience and it's really hiring them based on their enthusiasm or their persistence. If they keep calling me, Hey, you have any openings? You have any openings? Finally, it's like, yeah, come in here, start cleaning screens, right. you know, and then they work their way up. And that's really how most of my employees have gotten jobs. Um, except, you know, obviously when I need to fill a hole that really needs to be taken care of like the front desk, you know, can't leave that empty for too long. Otherwise I go insane. So you said you had, what else were you doing? You were doing screen printing, you're doing vinyl. Yeah. I mean, we do vehicle wraps and stuff like that. Uh, obviously a lot of patches on hats and, um, disc golf is kind of our niche. So we do like how, how and why, um, I just, I started, I mean, I've been printing since 99 and in 2009, my local club got some shirts from another shop and my business was really a side business at that time. And they got burned. They had, that was kind of when polyester was coming out and everybody wanted it, but not everybody knew how to print on it. And it wasn't what it is now. So I figured out how to do it, figured out the best places to get the shirts, get the best pricing. And, um, I said, well, if I can do this for my club, why can't I do this for clubs all over the country? which at the time, you know, disc golf was still very small and it's grown substantially in the last, uh, 12 years. I was going to say you know, mostly like in the last, last four years. years. I see it everywhere. Yeah. And like the last four years, it's blown up insane. So yeah, I just got in at the right time and made friends with everybody and just, that's just our niche. And they just come to us because we're going to a lot of the events so we can deliver stuff if needed or, you know, last minute requests. We take care of them. It's just like any print shop. Like there's a million shops out there that print, but it's having those relationships that really right. bring and those people back so to you. It works out, right? Yeah. So just so I can kind of get this, I've never done it before, but disc golf is basically just golf with a Frisbee. Yeah. Right? Same yeah. rules, same everything. You just fucking throw in a Frisbee at some chains. Right. Yeah. You got it's your not- drivers, you got your mid ranges, you got your putters, you know, but now these guys are getting say- paid a million dollars a year to play. It's crazy. I was going to say, it's not just like a Frisbee that we'd toss around on the It's beach. a disc. Mm-hmm. It's a disc. It's a Frisbee. Okay. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I could care less if you say Frisbee or Frawl. I don't care. Some guys used to get all sensitive about it. So I guess we kind of got a quick, quick version, but take us back. Like, how did you get started? You said since what, 99? <laughs> yeah. In high school. Well, I guess growing up skateboarding, BMXing, the movie rad is really, I don't know if you guys remember that movie, um, in that movie, a very small portion, they are making shirts. And I believe they're actually stenciling with a paint roller and just rolling like house paint, probably on a shirt. And I always like to build things and make things. And I was really intrigued by it. I was like, I want to make shirts. And, uh, our local like technical college or school, I was able to like leave high school, go there for half the day, and my junior and senior year. So learned how to screen print, 
Um, over that summer, I found a shop to get a job at the guy that I was working with, like after a couple of weeks, he said, come to my house. And I go to his house and he's got a little shop in the garage and he's like an old metalhead, like been printing shirts forever. He's still printing shirts for another local shop here. He's, he's like, you can do this at home, dude. You don't need to work at this place. Like you can just see my drive and my excitement for it. So I took pictures of the press because back then didn't have YouTube, didn't really even know any of the companies of equipment or anything. Took pictures of a press and one of my mom's friends welded me a four color single station press, which I still have to this day. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I posted pictures of it, I think on Instagram. It's been a while, but we used to use it for live printing. We don't really do a lot of live printing, but we, we take it out and print. It still works. We kind of just copied off of a Lawson press because that's what was at that shop that I was working at. But I really got to learn what not to do. Um, and then really, I, I uh, just got it. Like my friend had a skate shop. So we moved our shop into the skate shop, which was awesome. So we didn't have to pay rent. And I just had to work the shop and we could print shirts with no customers coming in. So one of my employees who still works with me to this day, I would pay him buy the shirt. So he was getting paid like hourly the, at the skate shop. I still think that's one of the coolest business models. It's like when we went and saw Jared at, uh, Jared at, uh, Rockford art deli. It's like yeah. printing the shirts in the store for your own, like, stock yeah you're like oh shit we're low on mediums it's like okay you just print some more fucking shirts like it's so cool well it was awesome for us because we're getting paid hourly plus we're making as many shirts as we can print but um you know so the shop moved a couple times and then eventually we got too busy to where i couldn't run both and uh i wanted to buy the skate shop at the time which i didn't which i'm kind of glad and then uh just grew the business and continued printing, playing music, the disc golf thing kind of started and just kept growing. And we were doing a lot of MMA stuff for a while. Uh, that's how like one of my partners on the building, how we met up, he was printing, but he hated the printing part, but liked selling the shirts and stuff and had the, the funding to do it. So we got one of those big all over presses. I was going to say, as soon as you said you got into MMA, I was like, cool. So you printed a ton of affliction style tees. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's obviously in the past. Nobody really does that anymore. If they do, it's sublimated, but it was fun at the time. You know, we thought we were real cool. So, and so then, yeah, been, after that, okay. like you, you've been screen printing like since high school. So this is a, this has been yeah. your, your entire life basically since your first job, it sounds like. No, um, my first job was Chuck E. Cheese, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> please tell me you were in a suit. Heck yeah, I was. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Uh, but yeah, no, Chucky, high school. So part about was, Chuck E. Cheese was, I don't know if this is the same at everyone, but they used to have those tubes in the ceiling. Oh, uh, yeah, you had to those clean those at night. It sucks. Well, that's what I was going to say is like how, like I remember pre-COVID, like taking my kids because they, they always wanted to go there. We drive by it all the time. And they were like, oh, I want to go there. I'm like, no, you don't. Like. You don't want to go there. And then we yeah. went and it wasn't as bad as I remember it being. But then I was like, the kids are up in there, like in those tubes, like runny noses and fucking, like <laughs> dirty clothes. I'm like, there's kids there's that like no in the balls and like there's puke no in there. Way a human adult is getting up in there and cleaning those tubes. Oh, like, well, you're a teenager, so you're not as big, but yeah, you're getting up in there and you're supposed to clean it like every there's night. No fucking way anybody. I don't know that. if they did this in, in your town, but at the Chuck E. Cheese where I lived, 
they had teen night. So like on Saturday nights at something See, like I knew you were like nine, you went nine, there. <laughs> at nine or ten, <laughs> they would close it down for you know like the the, the little kids, and then the, they had teen night, and you'd go there, and they'd have like a DJ, and you would dance. And you're saying like you, but you mean I. <laughs> I was the only one there. I was like maybe somebody. <laughs> I had my mom, literally my mom would pick up our, you know how you used to, when you were like 14 and 15, you would, somebody's mom would say, okay, fine. And they'd go pick up like five of your friends and then take you somewhere to the mall or whatever. Well, she would take us to Chuck E. Cheese because she probably thought, okay, cool. They're just going to Chuck E. Cheese, but it was teen night. Yeah. It was. They had um, something (laughs) off of, off of that topic, that teen night thing. They had something similar here and there was this music venue called Touch of Texas in new york it was like this big uh venue thing but they would have i think like on thursday nights they would have like a teen night and it'd be like every like the place was always packed and there's like it was like a straight up dance club like djs like yeah. dark music fucking lasers and pog and shit <laughs> and it was like it was like every thursday back then it was like gelled up hair and like those fucking shell necklaces and like <laughs> you know hollister tees and shit it was just like so obnoxious i remember i was always staying at a buddy's house and he always wanted to go to that he's like oh let's go meet girls or whatever and uh it was just obnoxious, like going to that. It was just like all night. You have, please tell me you have some pictures of you at teen night at the no, taste of Texas not. or what did you call it? Yeah. Oh, taste of Texas. That's, no kids should New go York? there. Like what the heck? <laughs> it was, t- it was actually, this is worse. Touch of Texas. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it was fucking creepy. But anyway, back to you were, I don't even know how we snowballed off this. You were working. Yeah. Like first job. Yeah. So yeah. I've been screen printing really in high school and it was a side gig with, I played in a band and toured, you know, it's kind of the normal story. Everybody has some screen printing. So when I was home, I'd print jobs when I was gone, you know, it wasn't as whatever. Um, And then when the band broke up or took a break, whatever, then I, decided, Hey, I probably need to do this more. And it just started growing. Like I had, I think six consecutive years of a hundred percent like growth. Um, and we, uh, we eventually bought a building, you know, which was nice because paying so rent. Your first sucks. thing was you bought a building. Like where were you rent? Were you renting before or was it like, an so account? I had, I never really rented the space that I had for a while was a, a garage. My grandma had in the back of a property that she owned. So I didn't pay rent there, but then we rented an office up front, paid rent there for a short time and then bought the building. But that was still, you know, many, many years of being in the skate shop and being in the garage and stuff. Yeah. So buying the building was the big part, but the, the key was I got a job for another guy for about two years who, um, I did property management for him. So that was really key because it's hard to get a loan when you're self-employed. Yeah. I don't know. You guys, you know, until you're established, I mean, now I can go get a loan. It's not a big deal. But at the time, you know, getting a loan for a building was hard, but I was able, I bought my house and I bought the building while I was working for him. So I had that steady income. And I also learned a ton about how to take care of buildings, Um, you know, HVAC and who to call and, you know, fire alarm systems and all that kind of stuff. So like parking lot maintenance, you know, stuff that just, you don't think about. It's funny you brought that up because when I, 
was just starting this business was around the same time I was trying to buy my house. And I went through that whole thing of like new business owner, you know, you can't get a loan and all this other stuff. We ended up getting, I don't even know what it is. It's like FHA or something. But we had to jump through like a million hoops in order to get it. Like, especially with our house, like being a really old house, I had like lead paint and all this other (laughs) stuff. Like I am not like at all, like a, a guy who gets like angry at someone else. Like I really honestly don't like confrontation and I don't get into that. I wanted to fucking murder this guy that that was the inspector. And like, we had him like fired from dealing with us because of how shitty he was. Like the house had like chipped white paint on it. It was like lead paint. And they made us like scrape it and paint the house in the middle of New York winter, like painted a house with snow on the ground. Is. I was like, dude, how is it like, why this is stupid. I was like, why don't we just say like sign an agreement that says we're going to paint the house when it's like summer. And they're like, no, we need it now in order to do, I was like, the paint's not even going to stick. Like it's fucking frozen. I remember we just like slopped shitty paint on like over every spot that had chip paint on it just to get it done. And it froze that night and all the paint had like, like snowflake looking marks in it, like all over the place. So we ended up having to redo the whole thing. Like, the next year yeah when we bought uh our current building we put in a kitchen and the inspector said the sink was not handicap accessible which that sink is about three feet away from the bathroom sink which is a completely handicap, handicap accessible bathroom yeah. so we had to cut our countertops get a farm sink so that it was an inch shorter That's and i feel like they just they couldn't find anything else and they just wanted to right. give right. us a hard time Well, the thing this guy was doing is like, we had to scrape all those spots on the house that needed, like we're chipping and we scraped the house. And then we went through and like meticulously, like picked up like paint chips off the ground, like in the grass around the building. And I literally, no joke, shop backed the dirt around my house, like within like a five foot span all around my house, like shop backed hands and knees, like picking up little like lead paint chips. And this dude kept coming back and he was like, I see a white speck in the dirt over there. Like you have to get that cleaned up. And I was like, I will murder you in my yard and bury you here. Like, and that's rough. I never want to go through that ever again. That's why, like when I got this building and stuff, I was just like handshake deal. Like, let's get this done. I'm not getting a bank involved. I'm not getting like, you know, any kind of, I just didn't want to deal with anybody other than the dude selling the building. So how did that go with you getting the building? Was it like a whole like. So the first building was super easy um, because my partner had collateral that he used. So we didn't have to put any money down. Um, But the bank had held that lien on that property for the last 10 years. So we finally got them to, even though we sold that building a few years ago now, uh, it it wasn't terrible, but yeah, it's hard to say, Hey, we're going to be able to pay for this. And, you know, cause we hadn't really been paying rents. We didn't have that history but I was still working another job. So it was fine. It's like, well, I'm, I ended up getting laid off from that job and I was really doing a lot of work from that job. Cause I was just really at a front desk taking calls when they came in and they were very few and far between. So I was ordering shirts, UPS was delivering shirts to that job. And then I was taking them to the shop, you know, and my, my other two employees at the time were working other jobs and would come and print at night. So we made it work. And those two guys that, you know, were working for me back then still work for me today. That's awesome. So yeah. you, did you outgrow that first building or you just did, you did an upgrade? Yeah. So we bought it and half of the warehouse wasn't finished. So we thought, Oh, this is great. We got room to expand. Well, two, three years into being in that location, we, you know, concreted it, insulated it, 
added more power, added more presses. And then it got to the point of, I don't want to put three phase in here because it's going to be really expensive and we're running out of parking. Um, we need to find another building. So there was a, another building just a couple blocks away and the guy was building a new building right behind it. So we were just waiting for him to, to get out. And then once he got out, we were able to get in, but we had a full remodel. I mean, 7,000 square feet of just like build out for offices and screen room and bathrooms and break room and all that stuff. Right. So, so did you, did you end up making out good on selling the other building? Not really. Uh, it wasn't in the best neighborhood, but I'm really happy to who it went to. It went to a couple guys that um, have like a sports facility for kids for training, like for baseball and sports. So they've totally transformed the place. And I'm just happy that it's like getting used for something other than just storing tools or something stupid. Right. You know? Seeing the work you put into it actually being taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they really did a good job, like converting it into, you know, as a gym and there's like turf in there, batting cages and stuff. So very cool to see. That's cool. Uh, what you said you had a partner. How was that? How did that work out? Yeah. So he was the one that was, you we were printing the MMA shirts for, and he had a pretty good corporate job at the time. And he just, he believed in me and it's like, Hey, what can I do to help you? And I said, well, I want to buy a building, but I don't have 20% down. So, I mean, the first bank we went to like laughed in our faces, uh, about it. And, you know, obviously we're the ones laughing now, but you know, the other banks were like, Hey, yeah, here's how you have to do it. You know, we did have to jump through some hoops, but they, they at least did you go through like a big time. bank at first or did you try to go through like a local no, like credit union or something both local banks we ended up so the the building was in uh, like a foreclosure like a doctor owned it or something and he just basically kind of let it go it needed a lot of work um but for the amount of space and the price compared to what other buildings i had seen you know four or five hundred thousand dollars it's like hey this is one hundred fifty thousand dollars that's that's affordable you know that's something that we can manage so it was right in our price range we Cleaned it up. I think we probably spent about 30,000 improving it at the time uh, to get moved in. And, you know, all that was done on credit cards and everything, like just whatever we could do to do it. And then once we got in there, we just went to town, man. And just, it just kind of snowballed, took off. That's cool. Did you, with that partnership, did you, so you were doing it by yourself and you only brought the partner on because you were ready to see if, like he can help financially or is he still before, involved? Before you answer that, I loved how Dylan said, how did that work out with your partnership? Assuming well, that, you don't, yeah. that you're not partners anymore. So I still no, don't know for sure if you're partners still. We're not partners on the business. We're only partners on the building. Oh. So that makes it a lot easier with, he's not getting like monthly payouts or anything like that. This is a long-term investment for him something that, you know, I did offer to buy him out, but he wasn't really worried about the money right now. And he actually does work here. He used to not, he used to have a big corporate job, quit that, hated it. And, uh, now he's, he's here and it's been, it's been good. You know, so he's, he a works. Partner, he's a partner on the business, on the building, but not in the business. And he works for Correct. you. So you pay him rent and a paycheck. Correct. But <laughs> He's not, he's not making any money. Like the, the LLC for the building is just a pass through. I mean, everybody does that, you know, you pay yourself rent. So I was just wondering if like he was your employee and like you guys got in a fight, he's like, get out of my fucking building. 
<laughs> uh, that's why you have lease agreements and you have other things. So you can't do that. But yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds way easier to manage like just an impart, like a partnership in an investment, like in, in an income property yeah. or something like that. I mean, it's way, way different than a, than a business, you know, trying to navigate what a business does, how it grows and all that sort of stuff. I mean, a, a property is, is totally different thing. And so that's, right. um, I don't know, that's pretty smart actually. So it's sort of like, you know, it's like, if you're watching shark tank, sometimes they say they're like, oh, okay, we're going to be partner. You know, I'm going to be a 20% partner or 30% partner, whatever it is. And other times they, they propose like structuring a deal where it's just, I get a royalty. Like, I'm not going to help you with your business. I'm going to give you the 300,000 or whatever. And then you just pay me a dollar per shirt, you know, until this loan's paid off or something like that. You know what I mean? So it sounds just way easier um, than having a partner on like day-to-day operations trying to, you know, get along. Um, I think it works if you, the people that we've talked to anyway, that have partners in, in screen printing and screen printing shops, it seems to always work if your roles are completely opposite and different. You know, if you're one partner, for example, is their strength is in production and printing and things like that. And the other partner's strength is in maybe the, the business side of things. It always seems to work really well, you know, when they're just doing completely different things, almost like they, they, they maybe don't even see each other during the day. You know, and they and they have an understanding that um, that makes their that makes their business better. Like both of their whatever they're yeah. coming together, it's making it way better. And they can just and they can work through it. Not to say they're not going to fight here and there or anything like that, but I mean, or disagree, yeah. I should say. You know, yeah. So, I mean, he's really good. You know, coming from like the corporate side, um, he's really good with like HR and just dealing with people. Not saying that I, I'm not good at dealing with people, but sometimes I say what I feel, and that's not always the right thing to say with employees. Sometimes you got to hold back a little bit, but, um, he's really good at just like managing all the different personalities. I mean, you guys know, you guys have employees and you know, there's certain people who have good days and bad days. You got to know how to deal with them on those days. And he's really good at that. What's your, what's your main focus? Like what's your role at the company? I mean, I really do it all. And other than I don't really do the production side of it anymore. Um, but really just making sure everything's flowing through. I kind of expedite, you know, I want to get out of that role. I'm not really sure where I want to be right now. So that's, what's been good <laughs> listening to, to your feelings. guys' podcast. What's that? Talk to us about your feelings. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a workaholic. Like I, I just go all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll put in 12 hours, 16 hours a day. It's not a problem. Obviously with kids now, it makes it a little bit harder to do that. But, you know, it's not weird for me to wake up at five in the morning, go to work for a few hours. Then the kids wake up, go home, take them to school, come back to work, you know, go home, eat dinner, come back to work. It just depends on what the workflow is like. But if we say we're going to get something done and I don't want my guys to come and do overtime, like I'll come in and do it. Right. So you say that and I, it reminded me of Ryan Kasperian, our friend, from Covered in Ink. He was on a podcast. He was on the yeah. Printavo podcast. And he said something pretty controversial. He said that if you're an owner and you're involved in like production, if you're coordinating production or if you're doing anything with production, it's like sticking your finger in a fan. It slows the fan down and it hurts. And that yep. created all of this, you know, 
controversy because it's like, wait a second, there was, I'm sure there's some owner operators that are really good at running production and they go back there and they have um, good communication skills and they talk to their press ops or whatever. And, and it works out right. And they help, they actually help and assist that, that shop and getting through their day. But there's also some guys who just like go back to the, or guys or girls that go back to the, to the production floor and say, Hey, you know, you should put this screen in a different head or you should do this. And it literally slows the fan down and it hurts. Like it hurts you and it hurts the relationships in that shop. And so I was thinking about that and I'm like, you know, I do that sometimes. Like I get in the way of production sometimes because I'll be walking by for whatever reason and I'll see something and I'm like, I know that it could be better, but I gotta, I gotta like shut up, bite my tongue. Otherwise that could actually hurt, you know, me, me saying something, it could actually hurt because, and I think that there's some truth that I think that if you're at a certain, once you hit a certain spot that you as an owner shouldn't be, and I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong, believe me, because I, I, I do the same thing. It's just well, that I, think and I think me, what Ryan said though, was the amount of employees and the amount of presses. So yes, I was really involved with production when we were under 10 employees with one auto. And then now that we have two autos and 15 to 20 employees, I've definitely been further away from production. I think there's certain orders or certain customers that I will put notes. Hey, I want to see a proof of this before it runs just because it's a very important customer to me. But I, I I think I've done a better job staying out of their way um, and just really leaning on the guys in the shop to take care of it. They might ask like for an opinion, but for the most part, I'm out of there. I'm really, I'm really ordering shirts. Yeah. And I like that. just making sure the workflow is, is good. Cause sometimes, you know, like you have cameras and you see somebody like walk back and forth 27 times. <laughs> You're like, why don't you move those boxes on this cart over there and just take less steps. I mean, I know you might be trying to get your steps in for the day, but like <laughs> you don't need to do it this way. I did you the know, little same things thing like yesterday. Uh, What'd you do? I, I was out in the, in the shop and they, we had an order that was just like, it was like a couple hundred pieces, maybe like 500 pieces. And it was like only two sizes. And, uh, for in my, I was standing out there cause I was doing something at the dryer and I saw them getting ready to cart that order. And I was like, Oh, why don't you put like a green sticker on like the larges so that way, when you stack the extra larges on top, she doesn't have to sit there at the end of the dryer, like mentally checking every tag to see when the larges come through. I'm like, just put it to sticker on or whatever. Or I was like, or just take the large pile and then do the actual large pile. And they were all looking at me as three of them. And they were looking at me like, the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? What am I talking about? It makes way more fucking sense than what you guys are trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were looking at each other and they were like, well, why don't we just stack it? Like, are you okay if we just stack them all together? And they were like, she's like, yeah, I'll be fine. And I was like, I was like, whatever you guys want to do, like, but I felt like I was getting in the way of their flow. Like they were on it. They were getting it done. They were doing what they were doing. And I was just like, well, why don't you try to do it this way? Yeah. And they were like, they were like, you're not out here normally. So leave well, and go, back, we, go back in your office. Go back in your office. <laughs> you fucking troll. And, and there's certain instances like that where you can't help that. Like one of our printers said he wasn't realizing he needed to place things lower on like a two X or three X shirt. So he requested, Hey, will you guys like set those aside or make sure they're noted even though it's pretty easy. Like when you put a shirt on, you can tell the difference, but typically when we're putting stuff through, you feel the difference of the shirts coming off and you just turn one sideways and that's when the side size changes. Right. So the guy at the end of the dryer is like, Oh, it's sideways. Yep. Now we're on larges kind of thing. 
So, but yeah, I'm all about stickering everything. I label anything and everything, especially at the end of the day, in case somebody's sick the next day. I don't know if this pile of shirts is like, oh, we need to run this back through because we were running low cure at the same time as something else. So it, it, whatever it is, you know, make yeah. a note. Well, the it. funny thing is, is I was like, normally we use stickers for like box changes. So Chris kind of organizes everything in boxes first, put the labels on, gets them ready to where as soon as the job's done, they tape it. It's already out by the door. Like they're already yeah. weighed and ready to go. So when he, like a job say has five boxes, they can cart all five boxes if they want, but the last shirt of each box gets a green sticker on it. So that way they know when okay. it comes off the dryer, it's got a sticker on it. That's the end of that box. Like fold them, pack them, put them in the box, whatever. So I think me just saying, put a green sticker on it. They were like, that's not protocol. And I was like, <laughs> I am just trying to make it to where you don't have to look at every single fucking tag to be like, all right, this is the end of that one. And I don't know. It was just, it wasn't that big a deal, but it was just one of those things where I felt like, okay, like maybe I'm, the idiot or i'm the putting my finger in the fan yeah i think ryan yeah, I, is i think he was right in what he he said i think that um i think almost at any size shop like you said he sort of clarified it maybe towards the end about what how many employees or how many presses you have going but i think that i think that if you're and maybe this qualifies it are you trying to grow because if you're trying to grow your shop then I think getting involved in production is the last place you should be. You should be spending your time. I don't know how many hours you're going to be at the shop. Let's call it 10 hours. If you're at the shop 10 hours and you're spending any time in production as a owner, you're not growing your shop. You're not doing, you're not, you know, you're working in your shop and I get it because I like screen printing. I do. I love going out to press and offloading for a little bit or helping set up a screen or mix a color or, um, today I did a demonstration on our ecotext and I hadn't run the ecotext in, I don't know, a couple of months. And I actually, uh, you know, got some screens, screens ready and sent them through and it was fun as shit. I was like, man, I just, I could actually, there was a pile of them there. I just wanted to keep going. But I know that if I am, if I'm doing that sort of stuff, um, I'm not working on the business, you know, I'm not trying to, to grow it. I think that, um, that's interesting though, is that I don't really want to grow anymore. I don't, we can't, we're sort of maxed at the same time. You have to spend some portion of your year working on new business because there's some business that's going to go away, you know, maybe an account that you had that, um, um, a lady had and came here for four years in a row to order shirts for now, all of a sudden her kids graduating and you're not going to do that, you know, that order anymore. And some, because another mom's going to take over and she's going to go to whatever shop she wants to go to maybe. And so, you know, you lose a portion of your business. And so I think it's wise to keep working on your shop. Um, even if you want to stay, even, even if you just want to repeat, like if I want to repeat 2021, I've got to do something. I can't just sit back, you know, I think it is important though, to go out into the shop and do stuff with the employees to show that you're not above them. You know, you're willing to do everything Mm -hmm. that you ask them to do. And I really stress that a lot with the guys. Like I'll take the trash out. I'm cleaning the toilets if I have to, whatever it is, I'm not going to ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. You're right. It's very true. I I I think like people respect that a lot. Yeah. I want to like touch on something and ask you guys your, it's probably like some kind of like fucking therapy thing I need or something. But um, I've always had this issue where like as a boss or as somebody who's trying to deal with like bigger clients or whatever, like I feel like I get comfy when it's a customer that's a big customer that you always deal with. They, they always work with you. I'll get them in my inbox and 
I'll like answer a question, but I have to like dive into something or figure something out for them. And I, I, I leave it in my inbox for like the day and I'm like, Oh, I'll get to that later. Like, I know they're good. Like I don't have to worry about them. Like it's in my inbox. And then again, you like go out in the shop and you start doing something and you like start a new project or whatever. And then that, that email sits in your inbox to like the next day and the next day. And then it's like the end of the week and you're like, fuck, I really want to do that thing today. And then someone from the shop grabs you and brings you out and like, you have to figure something out and then you miss that again. And then I just feel like, you fight so hard to get certain customers and like, you'll do anything. You're like, you'll like, I could be like driving downtown and that, that customer I'm trying to get sends me an email. I answer it while driving, but it's like the yeah. ones that we already have. We're like, we know we're good with, we just like make them wait sometimes. And I'm so guilty of that. That's why like me as an owner, I'm really trying to step out of as much of that shit that I know is like my weakness as possible. That's why I'm like handing it off to customer service. And I'm like, Hey, if you actually want something done as much as I would love to deal with it, I need someone else to do it because I will forget your shit. It will sit in my inbox and it's just like a mental thing. I feel like I'm safe. Like I'm okay. And then they get to the point where like, you don't respond to us for like a week at a time. Yeah. It's like, that's how I feel with a lot of that stepping into things in the shop all the time. It's like, I need, I just need to focus on like what I actually need to do or things that I know I'm not going to like stick my finger in and fuck up. Is because right. I want to put my hands in all parts of the business, but I know that if I step in in some areas that it's someone else's daily job, I'm just going to slow them down. So I don't know for you guys, is it the same thing? Like you get comfy with certain things and then you're just like, you need to yeah, step back I, and be I, like, I should not be doing this. I think the biggest thing why I like my employees doing invoices is they go by the book on the pricing. You know, I'm sure you guys have been doing it long enough certain prices just stick in your head. I mean, back in the day, every shirt was $5. Like everything was like $5. And now, you know, the shirts are costing. $5 is the blank. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I, I will price things lower just because I have that mindset of what it used to cost. And I'm not even thinking about what it costs now or my overhead, you know, obviously is different. And we have a, a nice pricing matrix in place that gets us where we need to be. But sometimes I'll do that. I'm like, man, that seems high. And I even had that happen the other day with, with the invoice. And I, I told Brandon, I said, dude, that uh, we need to, I think that's a little too high. And then five minutes later, he's like, dude, he approved and paid. <laughs> so it wasn't too high. I just, it's just well, doing other, it so long, you get that, those prices in your head. The other part of that too, is a lot of people know you're the owner and they try to like throw you with the like, is that the best you can do? Or like you know, is there, a, is there any other options as far as like blanks or anything you can use? And you at the owner, you're like, well, fuck, I could probably like cut them a deal. Cause like, I don't mind taking this order where if it was like one of the other people in the office, just doing the order, they're just like trained to be like, this is the pricing, like take it or leave it. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. black and white. There's you know, no, it's like, like, there's no wiggle room. Mm-hmm. They're just like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to my boss with this, like either take it or leave <laughs> it. And with me, it's like, oh, sure. And then you end up giving them a discount. Depending on what time of year, like if it's January right now and somebody says, Hey, this guy is asking for, you know, 50 cents off. You're like, Oh yeah. And you know, make it happen because it's work. Right. But um, if you're, if we're ever busy, like if we're ever like stacked up in in an overtime, like there's, I will never, never discount. Oh yeah. yeah, Um, um, And I made the mistake. We, we talked about this like a few months ago, I made the mistake of doing it. Never do it again. Yes. But um, I can totally relate to what you said about um, sometimes um, I never let an email sit more than 24 hours. I will, I will um, 
there are those though that are complicated. Like it's not just an easy, like yes or no couple re- sentence response. It's like, oh my God, they just asked like 15 like, questions. This is going to be something that's going to take me like three hours to go through, yeah. figure out, make things. Yeah. Like, it's almost better to pick up the phone and call them just to go over it quickly. But what I do do is do do is um, if it is the situation where I'm having a busy week and I am stuck on press because a few people are out or whatever it may be that you were kind of talking about, what I'll do is I'll, I'll hand it off and I'll give it to somebody here. Not that I have an assistant, although I would love one, but um, one of the customer service specialists here I'll just hand it off. I'll tag them and I'll say, can you reply to whoever it is and just let them know that I'm stuck on press and, and ask them if there's anything you can do to help get the order started or to answer any questions. And then, yeah. because they're pretty good at it. And all of a sudden that customer knows that, oh, Andy's usually my go-to, but um, yeah, he's stuck on press or he's doing whatever. And then Lauren's going to help me today try and solve some of these issues. And then I can always come back in you know, to that, to that email, because we use missive and I can see it and watch it and I can just jump in and then say something pretty easily. Um, that maybe doesn't take as long because all of a sudden she answered like, you know, five of the questions. And then all I got to do is circle back around. And then I, like, I'm paying attention to their, to them still. Do you know what I mean? You're going to be like, Hey, just making sure you're cool. Right. And then you're (laughs) out again. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know if you've thought about about training, it's all about training the customers though, you know, especially right now with, inventory so many people oh i want seven different colors let's let's put it to two let's put it let's only do one right now whatever it is just getting them trained getting the information correctly uh i know i sent a po to like a promotional products thing and they were like do you know that 80 percent of po's are not correctly filled out it's like yeah i'd say 90 percent of the emails i get are not fully answered for all the questions i need to put together an invoice you know so it's just making sure people know everything they need yeah, I don't know. It's just difficult because, I mean, I definitely over the past, like, I don't know, three, four years have done that where I'm just like, get it off my plate. Like, it, I don't, I want you guys to basically run the business and I want to be able to be like trying new things or learning or implementing new things or marketing or whatever. Like, that's definitely my main role now is like marketing and just finding new avenues and stuff. So like, I'm not doing the day to day at all. That's why it's like easy for me to be like, oh, I want to go do this trip or I want to go do this thing with M&R or whatever it is I'm doing. It's like, okay, like forward this, this, and this, and then I'm okay to like be gone for like a week. But it's also like inspiring to go do those things. And like, I go to a shop and I learn like, this is how they're doing things where we were had a bottleneck with this. And then I come back and then it's like, all right, let's spend a month implementing like this new thing or on the shirt show. Like we learned something from somebody and it's like, you know, let's, let's take this direction. So I feel like, so much of my day-to-day now is just like constantly trying to improve systems or like grow the business. In the yeah. Way. No, I, I think visiting shops is huge. And when I started, I didn't really know any other shops. And back then I also feel, and it's still that way a little bit where people are secretive and you know, Oh, I don't want you to know who my customers are. But now I think like with your podcasts and just with Facebook and everything else, everybody's sharing more. I think it's helping the industry you know, maybe raise prices or make sure the work environments are better for the employees or, you know, a lot of different things have come out of that. But back then I never got to see other shops, you know, the one shop that I started in, that's what I got to see. And it was a freaking train wreck. So I knew I didn't want to be like that. And I knew I couldn't afford to be like that. I mean, stuff got messed up all the time. He had like half a warehouse full of misprinted stuff. 
I feel like that's the biggest thing that a lot of shops don't realize is that, you know, we're so used to like the Facebook and Instagram mentality of like, you see this one shop and every post they make is like this flawless shirt or like the presses are squeaky clean or, you know, everything's going so smoothly and perfect. And it's like, you go visit a shop either unannounced or just like, you know, whatever. And you see like, Oh, like their shop is dirty here too. Or like they have ink on the handles of this or you see them on press. Like I've done that. I've gone to a shop. I don't know. Like, I've been to any shop. I've, yeah, I think gross it's pretty fuck, clean. You know? And then uh, <laughs> like you go into a shop and like you see them struggling with a job or like they're having issues with registration or something. It's like, Oh, like, you know, it's just, yeah. it's like a mental check of like, I'm okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm doing things right. And you know, I'm on the right road. I just feel like it's so discouraging for some people that don't get out there and see other places that are just like constantly like, fuck, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. It's like, dude, you're fine. Just chill. Just fucking print and do the best you possibly can. Yeah. I think a lot of shops too, when they see these big shops, they want to get there really quickly. And I've had some other shops that I've sold equipment to and they're, are you busy right now? Yeah. We're slammed. How are you busy? I'm like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I have clientele that I've been printing for, for 20 years. So it's, it takes time to build that up. And I don't care how good a sales guys you get to have consistency. It takes time. It just does. So, yeah, it's like we were talking with uh, Danny uh, about how certain shops get relationships with people and how important it is for them to build a relationship with your customer. And he was saying, he's like, I'm super technical. I will, I know I can come into this company or try to steal this customer with like the best possible quality ever, but they're so ingrained with, the relationship that like, it's never going to happen. He's like, the only way that you can kind of get that is to partner up with that other company and be like, let's find a way to work on this together. If at all possible. I mean, that seems super rare, but it's just like all these shops that are like, how are you getting this work? How are you getting this work? It's like, dude, it's just me or the salespeople having a conversation with somebody and like growing that relationship to where, you know, maybe they're texting each other instead of like e- formal email all the time. And they're like, Hey, what's yeah. going on? I need to place. Yeah. Order. That, that's it's so hard plus, to break that. Plus the fact, like Miles said, he's been in business for 20, 20 years, years and he has um, that customer that he's had for that long. And that customer, you know, um, refers people now. He, I mean, most do like when you're in business that long and you've taken care of somebody and you have a relationship with somebody, they like to know that, Hey, I've got this shirt guy. And so if they ever run across a friend or whatever, that's, that's needing shirts say, Oh, I've got a shirt guy. You need to call miles or you need to call Andy or you need to call Dylan. And so like, just, uh, just being in business, like we've been, Shukong has been around for 12 years, just being here that long people call here sometimes and, and ask for me, you know, just, I'm supposed to ask, talk to Andy because, my so-and-so uses them and says, you're great, you know? And so, mm. but I wanted to ask, I had, a, I wanted to take a poll. So if you could um, hire somebody to be your personal assistant, to delegate all of that stuff to you, like all of your day-to-day things that slow you down, that keep you from, you know, working on the business, let's say, um, and you could train them, you know, they could, they could be here. And after six months, let's say they sort of know your routine and you can just say, Hey, I need you to do this, or I need you to do that. And all of that stuff, which I'm saying, obviously you do some of that to an extent now, you you delegate now, but I mean, major delegation of your day, just an assistant. Yeah. Um, how much do you think that assistant is worth? What would you pay them? 
nothing that's that really tough an experience yeah it's <laughs> like an internship yeah, I like the, i just want the exposure man i just want to play for free uh <laughs> No, I mean that's a, that's a good that's a good question. I feel like I it's mean, a high paying job because you are essentially the face of like it's another face of you. Well, it's it, they have to be good first. And at first you can't pay them a lot because they they don't know, but I think once somebody's good and obviously in different areas, you know, obviously Andy and St. Louis bigger city versus here, you know, we, we might be $20,000 difference, but that's the same cost of living, you know. Um I mean, I would say, you know, $35,000, $40,000 starting out and then, you know, go up from there as the business grows. But really, it's not about what they can do for me. It's does that allow me to bring more business to? Yes. I mean, you're gonna make, what I'm saying is, is you're going to make that back maybe fivefold or tenfold because I spend time doing crazy, stupid shit sometimes. Like in, like in the state of Missouri, um, is very, very backwards. And if we, um, want to get plates on our car, for example, and register our car. It's nearly a full day. Like I have to go, um, if I'm going to plate my car, I first have to, uh, go and get a no tax due letter. So, um, cause we have property taxes in the state of Missouri. So we pay not just sales tax when we buy our car, but every year we have to pay a property tax on our, on our cars. Well, um, in order to get plated, the state has to make sure that you don't, you're not, you know, you don't owe any back taxes on that car. Well, there's no mm -hmm. easy way to like go online and say, Oh, I I'm Andy. And I have this, you know, I've paid my taxes, print this shit out from my computer. I've got to go down to like four, like 30 minutes from here in traffic and go into pay, like put money in a parking meter, go inside a building, a courthouse, like an administrative building, wait in line. Cause I did this just like a month ago, wait in line for like <laughs> 40 minutes. In fact, actually, when I went in the first time I went to your metal detectors and they went off because yeah. I had, I had my everyday carry knife uh, <laughs> on me and they're like, dude, you can't come in here. And I'm like, it's a, like this knife. It's this knife. Can you just hold it? And I'll come back. No, no, no. So I had to leave and go back out to my car, which was way far and then put my knife in the car, then come back in. This was a whole deal, right? Just to get my no tax due letter. That's just like step one. And so my point is, is like, um, I would love for people to be able to go and do that stuff for me. And, you know, just to make it not just that, but just everything there is, everything there is just to living life, you know, yeah. so that I can work on, um, this place more because whatever I pay them, because let's say it's 60,000, just make that up. So you're, you're saying you would even want them to run like personal errands for you. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, um, I just asked Sarah or Morgan. I'm like, hey, will you go get my mail or like go get me lunch or whatever? They don't mind because <laughs> they don't sit at their desk. They're like, give me your card. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, if I say, hey, will you go get me lunch? It's like I'm buying their lunch as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm, hey, like, will you go to fucking Red Pit and get me like a, you know, a whatever sandwich and whatever? They're like, okay, because they're just going to drive their car, listen to music, get themselves mm -hmm. lunch too, and then come back. Yeah. I mean, a personal assistant that works on my, my helps me with my personal life, but also business. So like they're in the business too. So like they can yeah. do stuff here. They can, you know what I mean? Just whatever it is that, cause your emails pile up, I'm sure just like mine in my oh, notebook yeah. piles up with things I got to do just like yours and Dylan's. And so you just all of a sudden say, Hey, take care of this, take care of that and get that stuff off your plate so that you can work on bigger, bigger picture stuff.
You know, what would that, yeah. would, and also scenario, you just try it and see how it goes. Also, would that make you happier? Would, would you be a happier person throughout your day if you yes. had that person? And would oh, it be absolutely. Worth, Definitely. So it'd, would it'd be pay? worth every cent, you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm hoping eventually I get someone that can all in one. I, be, I feel like I have multiple people that kind of take care of those things, but it's not one person. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, yeah, if I could get those three personalities to be one person, then yeah, it'd be great. I don't know if you watched Seinfeld, but um, Kramer started Kramerica and he got that intern from the college that worked for that Kramerica for free. But like, and so whenever he had, like he did everything. So like, if you, if, if, if Kramer um, wanted to go grab something to eat, like I was like, Hey Dylan, if I wanted to go to uh, lunch with Dylan, like um, that intern would call Dylan and say, Hey, do you want to go get lunch with Andy? Like I wouldn't even call Dylan. Like somebody would arrange the lunch for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, that, that's just not, maybe... I mean, that's just, yeah, I, I would, I would feel weird doing some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I just have my own personal, like I have it on my phone. I have it on my computer. I have sticky notes on my computer of like, ideas or things I want to try or things I need to get done. It would be nice to just like hand that list off to some, like literally right behind this computer, like facing the other direction is a whiteboard in my office that has like bullet point lists of things that like I want to get done. For me, it's like a stuff to do list and it's not like stupid shit. It's like, I don't know, like one is like making the stock colors off of the new Monarch stuff. And then like making sticker packs with candy question mark for like going in boxes or like, finalize the photo area where we like make videos or like take pictures. That, of so that assistant could definitely go do some of those right, things. Maybe not 90%, everything. But... 90% of the shit on this list is like, I could hand off to somebody and be like, you can handle these projects because most of the things that are on these whiteboard have probably been there for over six months. And it's like, I just don't have time to do it yet. All right, Miles. So you said you, you do, you do. You guys have a podcast though that you spend a lot of time on. So <laughs> in those two hours, I'm sure you could get at least one of those things done. Yeah, but, but we're thankful different. that you're doing the podcast. <laughs> well, it's just like, like we've we've said this, but to me, it's like the podcast for me is like my Sunday therapy session of like I don't have the same passionate people working here that have the same mentality as me. It's like here, it's three business owners that own a print shop, and we can all talk about feelings to each other and like work shit out. And it's like I I kind of want and need that every week to be able to like just get that out and talk to somebody about it. I mean, I do that with DMs with people, but it's not the same as like sitting here having a conversation. With yeah, you. I would have my yeah. um, my assistant do the podcast for me. She'd right? be way so, fucking funnier. Uh, <laughs> less dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think though that like you said, 40, that's, that we were 40K. In, in I mean, just starting out, in, but yeah, starting out. Minimum wage just keeps going up. I mean, what's minimum wage in Missouri now? Um, I don't know, 11, 12. It's we we pay everybody. There's not a person here that makes under I think 16 is our lowest at this point. Yeah. I wanted to do that for for a while. Um pre-COVID, we weren't. We were we had a few that were probably in the 13, 14 range. But now obviously as everybody knows hiring people and retaining people and everything. I want to be so there's a lot of competition in St. Louis for for um there's a lot of screen printers around here. I want to pay the best. And I don't want anybody to ever think that, oh, I'm going to go work for that shop and make more. I want to not only pay the best, but I also want to have the, the greatest or the best environment or culture. And so I work very hard on both of those things. And um, I have a lot of people making way more than 16, but 16 is the bare minimum. It's like a, 
as like a, let, let's say like a quality control or something like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. So um, a personal assistant, 40K minimum, especially if they prove themselves and you're like, wow, you know, you're like, you're I'm able to make back that 40K, no problem in, in, in a half a year or whatever. And so you, maybe they're worth more. So I didn't mean to go off on a huge long tangent about this. It's just, we were talking and I'm like, no, man, you know, like, I mean, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like it's necessary. I feel like I just don't ever look at it as like, Oh, what should I pay this person? I'm like, what is like, I don't look at it as like, Oh, 40 K sounds good. I'm just kind of like, you know, can I get this person in here? Like you were saying, maybe start low and not low, but like start them at a lower rate and then give them six months and then see like, all right, they're doing it a really good job or they're just here to get a paycheck. And then yeah. it's like, all right. Like, well, I just, I mean, I just offered a guy a position. He had no experience, but I had really good faith in his work ethic and he lives a little bit of ways away. So it'd be a little bit of commute. And he just said, you know, if it's not X amount of money, it doesn't make sense for me to leave my job, even though it was a pretty significant raise from what he's been at for the last 15 years, you know, and it'd be a way more fun work environment. So like a lot of my employees, I had one guy leave a local like lumberyard, take a little bit of a pay cut, but he's not working weekends. He's not working nights. He's, you know, he has a better work schedule. He has paid holidays. So the benefits sometimes are really what can inspire someone to want to take a job at like a print shop, you know, plus they just like doing different stuff or we obviously a lot of artsy people. So they like get that gratification of, Hey, I made that, you know, seeing it in town and, it's hard to hear from an owner too, because I feel like that's a cop out, but I feel like that's definitely the truth here. Like I've worked, some of the people here have never worked in any other place. Like this is their first job. And oh, I was yeah. like, I've worked a ton of like shit jobs to where I know like you guys have it so fucking cushy here at times, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? But it's like a cop out to say like, oh, you know, culture here is so good that it's worth like X more dollars a week or whatever. What do you mean cop out? What do you mean? I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not. Just, I'm saying to me as an owner, like it sounds like, oh, I got pizza on Fridays. That means I don't have to pay you $18 an hour instead of $16 an hour. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I feel like that's like the meme going around of like, you know, work, like fight at the office today. And it's like that uh, fucking the, the tape, the tape. The tape yeah. thing. It's like pizza, pizza party. party. And well, I like, used to do, I used to do a boss lunch Friday and every Friday I would do lunch. It started with like $5 hot and ready from little Caesars. And the next thing you know, we're getting like $200 worth the Chinese food. And, uh, it, it went away because some of the employees wanted, they're like, why won't you just use that money to pay us more instead of spending that on food? Mm-hmm. You know, so some, so it went away, but now we're talking about bringing it back as like a reward for X amount of orders completed with no mistakes, that kind of stuff. So well, I don't know. I, like I think, I- you know, working in a smaller group, some people like versus working at like a big place where there's hundreds of employees. And I feel like you can't do it. You can't do it at a place that has like massive amount of people. But no. I, I try to treat this place like I'm here more than I'm anywhere else. Like I'm here more than I'm home. I'm here. This is my life. This is what I'm doing. It's like I want to make the environment here, the shop, the office, everything as like cush and cozy and like fun as possible because I'm spending all my fucking time here. And it's yeah. like the same for the employees, like snacks. It's like, I try to have as many snacks as I can. I try to buy as much lunches or dinners or movies or steaks or whatever it is as I can and still pay them good because I want them to be like, I don't want to ever want to leave this place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to do that as a cop out. I'm trying to do that as like, I want you to like it. I want you to want to be here. I want yeah. you to like, 
I want to see like see you in public and you have like an upstate tee on because you're proud to be there and you're proud to like work there. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't want it to be like, oh, I can't fuck like you know, the worst thing you want to see is your employee like text something or put on Instagram like fucking TGIF. It's like I can't fucking wait to leave here. Thank God the weekend's <laughs> here. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you hate that shit. Like they don't see anything of it, but to you, it's like, oh, let me pull that knife out of my back. Like you can't fucking wait for Saturday and Sunday because you want to not be here. And it's like, yeah, I don't want that. I want living for the weekend. Possible. Yeah, it's like as uh, much as possible. Yeah. I want you to be yeah. like comfy with work. I have four things I need to talk about today. And I noticed we're getting pretty deep into this. And so can I ask one of these? Can ask I ask one of these questions? all four things right now. Okay. Um, number one, I saw you are selling your manual. What's that about? I'm selling mine. Dylan's selling his. Is that your only manual? I know it's not because you you built your own long, long time ago. But is that your only like manual that you have and are working with? And if you sell that, will you be will you then have zero manuals? No, we still have another chameleon in eight eight. Oh, so wow. uh, I, yeah. I, so I had posted on Facebook. Somebody said, "Oh yeah, I'll come get it after the new year," and then he ditched. And then I saw you posted your on Instagram. I was like, hey, "I've never tried to sell anything on Instagram. Maybe I'll put it there and see if I get some different eyeballs." Um, but yeah, we brought in uh, a rapid tag like the XL, or you know, like the bigger the bigger print area. The one that rapid does, like, tag a tote bag or something. Yeah. So we do a lot of towels for disc golf and obviously bags, sweatpants. So we're putting that and our other rapid tag in place of that manual. Um, and we really are getting away from, you know, we raise our minimums higher and, you know, we can still do eight colors, obviously on, on the other manual, but we don't really have any people that are full-time manual printers, you know, like our guys at print auto, that's all they've ever done. So, you know, we only have, two guys that would probably print manual. Um, and it, typically we only have one. It's maybe part-time. It's not even a full-time gig, you know? Right. Well, so, I want to yeah, make it space. I want to make it known on here is that I posted mine first, my six, eight sidewinder. <laughs> and then started Andy, the trend. Well, what autos are you guys selling? Cause like, I feel like I should buy an auto from one of you guys. I might be selling my six or yeah. My uh, eight color sportsman here early in the year if i'm selling my eight through. color sportsman for one dollar less asshole. than than dylan well so. keep me in mind because we have a six eight and yeah i'd love to have what is it's eight an color 8-10. yeah so eight ten yeah i was gonna try and squeeze it in there because it would be i would love to have four presses the option for four but it's just so tight so i thought um it would be better to have a smaller one like a six i know dylan is is looking is getting that um has ordered that too a six pretty color, much anything i up. do or anything andy do does we have to match each other so <laughs> right yeah um uh i think though that i don't know um i like the idea of having a manual here and l- just like you said though if i had somebody that just really dug you know running a manual and they could do it all day and we would just feed them jobs of of what made sense for a manual. But honestly, now that our minimum is higher, it just not a whole lot does, you know? Right. And so I don't know how you fill a full day with fixes or and things like that. It's just going to be really tough. Right. Um, and so you, you have more equipment coming in. Um, I te- We were texting yesterday and you said, I wish this was, maybe we're doing this podcast after my install. What kind of install? Uh, so we got a Unicote, we got an Ecotex, EcoRents, um, the, the quick, clamp change what is it the squeegee yeah 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 
So, um, and then a turnabout. Dude, oh. you went all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that was freaking over a year ago now. But yeah, it's it's gonna get here eventually. All right, two things to that. Number one, um, do you have a forklift? Uh, my neighbors do. Good, perfect. Because the Unicote for me was one of the toughest things to get off. It's so heavy. To get it off like of its crate, the way they built it, I had me and my my son and his girlfriend that night. And I thought we all <laughs> may have, maybe would have going to die, but we got it off of there. Um, yeah. It was just really tough. And then the second thing would be the eco rinse. I also thought that day I was going to die because I was driving this. I have a smaller which, version though, not the uh, the big version like you do. So oh, did you say eco tax oh, no. or eco eco rinse? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So the eco tax, I have a smaller version. I would mm. thought you were thinking about the eco rinse. That thing seems like it's the biggest and heaviest. Yeah, so it comes assembled in that size. It doesn't come in right. like Ecotax is different chambers, so they have different crates. This thing right. was just in one massive, huge, giant crate that I drove a forklift off of our dock. Like our, we I have a dock board which is rated at something like ten thousand pounds, but I wasn't sure. I was like, I could, this could be it, but I yeah. just went over it, went for it, and um, which I don't recommend. And I and uh, ended up couldn't really get it off the truck. Right. And so I, I put a chain around the whole thing and drug it through the shop. That was the only way to yeah. make it happen. And then took like six hours or something crazy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We've done some pretty sketchy loading, selling like old presses and people showing up in U-Haul trucks that are not wide enough to fit it right. without disassembling it. So yeah, been there, done like that. Something, I feel like that's something that all manufacturers should look at. And I know they don't really care. It's like on the very bottom of the <laughs> fucking to-do list. But it's like, get some engineer in there to engineer a pallet to where if it's going to a shop that doesn't have a forklift or whatever, like to be able to take that equipment off the pallet without like some mm -hmm. sketchy shit. Yeah, I, like I mean, we have a loading dock to. with, yeah, with like a dock plate, you know? So like, we, I mean, not like a, small dock plate like it's built into the dock right. so i think we I should have that too okay. but i don't have the ability to have a forklift in here because my whole building's on stilts and like i just oh, don't yeah. have a i don't have a place for a forklift and it's like that's tough most of the equipment i've taken off the pallets i literally have to sawzall chunks out put a car jack in jack the equipment up in a, in a corner pull that corner of the pallet out jack <laughs> the next corner pull that corner of the pallet out and then like yeah tip it and then pull the other side it's just like a huge pain in the ass it's like all right like let's make a fucking origami like pallet where if you take three screws out it comes out in the middle or something it's like i remember crazy. i remember when they delivered the cobra like two years ago it was the coldest day of the year probably of the coldest day in 10 years it was maybe like one or something and we were all we were out there and the way they had loaded that truck it came in i don't know three or four crates because the print heads and then the print heads and then the, you know what I mean? It's many, many crates. Print heads, pallet arms. And and center. Yeah. Well, by the time you get to the back of the truck, like then there's this heavy ass crate. You can't fork, you can't scoop it. You can't do anything except throw, like lift a pallet jack up on there, jack it up. And they have like eight guys push the heart as hard as they can. And it's like our, we couldn't even feel our feet, you know, at that point it was so cold and it's, tr it took the entire day really to get a press off a truck into the shop and just safe and secure in here. And also we risked our lives. You're exactly right. It's really tough. And I think that people that try and skip 
getting a forklift because we don't have a forklift. We have a pallet jack here, but we don't have a forklift. We of course rent one and they just drop it off here. It's 350 bucks. And get uh, one that's super over the weight limit of what you need, like not on, on the verge. Cause yeah, you don't want to tip over or whatever. Yeah. So I had, it's, it's completely worth the 350 because if you try and like, like you said, do some sketchy, Oh, I'm going to have three pallet jacks and it's going to work if we do this or whatever, it just ends up taking longer. And I don't know, you could hurt your piece of equipment too, or yourself even worse. And so I don't know. Um, yeah, so that, that was my advice as far as, um, the Unicoat, watch yourself. It's it's a bitch to get off the, the, the crate. Number two, NDA. So I have somebody right now I'm working with and um, we've done work for them before, but they're working on a special project that um, requires an NDA from them and also from us, which is funny. They've showed us all of the art at this point and we've, because we've gone back and forth with quoting and all this kind of stuff. And then they sent me the NDA and there's they said, you know, like, sorry, this is, behind all of the rest of the stuff, but you know, we need this. And the NDA is like six pages long. And I'm like, I don't want to read any of that shit, but I also don't want to end up in like a human centipede, like uh, on, on South Park. I don't know if you saw that, but, uh, or, or be sued at any point, you know? And so I need to really read it. And if I was going to really do it right, I would send it to my attorney and say, look at this fucking thing. And, and then they're going to charge me $500 to review it. And, um, all for what? Because they think that we're going to, you know, talk about this customer that they're working for. I just think it's silly. And I almost want to say, look, we'll print all of this stuff. We're going to do a fantastic job. We're definitely not going to ever call on this customer or um, we won't put any of this on our social, of course, but I don't want to sign this thing, you know? And so do you, have you gotten NDAs before and do you sign them or do you say no? Um, we haven't gotten them. Typically they're from people that have ideas that are not very original. Um, and they're worried that somebody else is going to take that idea quickly. Um, I'm actually in the process of making something in our disc golf business that multiple people have said, Oh, you need to get an NDA. And if you, when you talk to people, if you don't make it sound like it's a big deal, they don't think it's a big deal, but if you come in and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to sell millions of dollars for the stuff. Then they start getting greedy and think, Oh, how can I do this? Or how can I, you know, make more money? So I have had them, I have signed them. They're not six pages long. Um, but typically I, I keep my mouth shut when, you know, we do a lot of contract stuff or even stuff for customers that I'm, I don't necessarily want to show like, Hey, I do all that stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of like just your, the printer's code, you know, you just, don't my favorite that. is when you get somebody, one of those people, and every printer knows this, you get those people that come in that want to start a clothing line. And they're <laughs> yep. like, I don't want to show you my artwork. Like, I don't want to send it over an email. <laughs> Can I come in with like a yeah. flash drive and then like take the flash drive back? That's awesome. I don't want you to like poach my artwork. I'm like, dude, <laughs> fucking please go somewhere else. Like, just that alone well, is like, I don't want to see you. I know a lot of people say they get contracts with their customers as far as, hey, you're going to come to us for everything. And I always tell people, I don't do that. If I'm not doing a good job, you're going to go somewhere else. If I'm doing a really good job, you're not going to go anywhere else. So it's really up to me to keep them loyal, you know, but some people, they want to, Oh, I got this contract or I got that contract. It doesn't mean anything most of the time. Yeah. I just blindly sign anything that's pushed in front of me. So, uh, Cool. I'll remember Just that. With like an ineligible signature, you're like, I don't know who signed that. I, I didn't. Know, someone signed a <laughs> fucking penis. That's on me. 
Uh, next question. I took a field trip in school one year to Springfield, Illinois to go to Abe Lincoln's uh, house or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. Do you, um, I guess it's still there. It's of course. The like I hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys, uh, do you ever, have you ever been there? And is it something that like you do like every single, you probably go there like every week and party, right? Uh, yeah, no, I've definitely been there. I'm sure when my kids get old enough to go on field trips, they will go there. Um, it's pretty close to, uh, one of our customers restaurants that we do a lot of printing for. So occasionally if I have somebody in town, I take them out to eat there. We'll walk over there. They'll get to see it. Typically it's at night. They're not open, but you can still walk around the neighborhood and see all the houses and stuff. So it's, it's cool. All right, Dylan, uh, I got one last question, unless you want to go. We've been hogging no, up the ahead. questions here. You're good. Okay. Uh, toy van ride. Yeah. <laughs> so you found this, like this ride that was probably outside of a grocery store or something like that. And then made Dude, it yours. this guy had probably 40 of them in an auction and there was two vans. So I bought both of them. I said, I'm going to make this, I'm going to redo this van. I'm going to have it in the showroom. So it kind of got a little crazy. We spent way more money than I wanted to, but my kids love it. It's worth mm. every penny. Uh, it's got Bluetooth in it, so I can just play any sort of music I want on it in the showroom. Or, you know, we have a little jingle that uh, Brandon wrote and recorded one day, and it plays that when you uh, hit the button, but I can turn that off and just play any song. So my kids typically want to listen to like Frozen or something. <laughs> it's not like uh, coin operated or anything. You can just jump on it and go. Yeah, you just jump on it, hit a button. But yeah, the my sound guys, I mean, they put some speakers in it. I mean, it, it gets really loud and kind of, I don't want to say like sub like vibrates, but it, it can, like if we take it in a parade, put it on a trailer, it would be loud enough for people to hear it. Can adults write it? Uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty big dude and I can get in there barely. So yeah, I'd say yes. <laughs> Andy, I mean, it's not, yeah, you're probably a little too tall. Your knees would be like above your head. Cool. But you can uh, stand on it. It'll hold you. Yeah. The w one thing I noticed about your shop is you have one of the largest, uh, dryer belts I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, and I know. I've one day I like got on that, Instagram. And I saw yours. I was like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> one day I got on Instagram and I was like, why do I have like 40 new followers? Like what happened? And I scroll down and M&R had shared one of my pictures. So like, oh, you did that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So all these people like started following me. I was like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, no, I was looking for, you know, because at the time when we first moved here, we had two autos and two manuals and we had two full-time manual printers and two full-time auto printers. So it was able to feed all of those orders. Well, I just know how like you can order an extension. You're like, Hey, can I order eight extensions, please? Well, I bought that thing used, um, from a shop. Uh, I think it was in Kentucky and we drove down and we had to like break a wall cause they built the wall after they put it in. So we had, like cut a wall out, get it back. But it was just the right price and at the right time. And we're like, Hey, this is plenty big enough. It'll work. I hope you never have to replace the belt on that thing. I already did. And what was it like five grand? No, dude. It was like, I think it was like 2,500 bucks. Says. I was really, really surprised. I got quotes from some other places, but yeah, you got to know the right place to call. So is it really wide or really long or both? Yeah. It's is like it 48 and out inches super long or is it just your in feet super long? The in feet super long. The out feet I think is like 
10 or 12 foot, whatever it is. And then like 16 foot of heat. I think the total length is 45 feet. So it's like a so, 20 foot in feed. That's super long. Yeah. It's, you, it's have awesome. that one, you have that one photo of like from the front of it with shirts on it. And there's probably a yeah. hundred shirts on the belt ready to go in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> so like not even in the dryer yet. So the person at yeah. the end of the dryer, the people at the end of your dryer are sometimes catching off of four presses on that. Same uh, dryer. Yeah. Not anymore. I mean, now we just the two autos. Yeah. Just the two autos. And, and, and occasionally, well, we had another smaller dryer, like a maxi cure, like an old maxi cure. I used to have two of those, like the little 12 footers. So there was no in feed, no out feed. So when you were grabbing shirts, you were burning the heck out of your fingers. So that was the idea of like, Oh, this has this big out feed. So it's going to make it better for our catchers not to be burning their hands. Um, but yeah, so at some points we had two dryers going, we're actually looking for another dryer. So if you guys are selling a dryer, let me know if you're upgrading to like a 3000, um, you got an old 2000 you want to sell. I know, I potentially know of somebody selling a heat wave. I don't know if that's big enough. I want gas. Is it, it's well, it's what a is gas. It? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's like a 30, maybe it's a 36 or 40 inch belt. Yeah. Um, eight foot of heat probably, but it's small. You know, it's like a hundred thousand, uh, BTU. It's a small BTU. burner, kind of a smaller dryer, but it's, it is gas. And that's really all we want is like a smaller dryer. Just, just as backup. Um, at one point we had something go out on the sprint and, uh, we were able to put everything still on the belt, run it all the way through and then carry it over to the other press, uh, or the other dryer, you know, so we made it work. It was a little more manual labor, but well, you gotta do um, what you gotta do. Logo Daddy, John at Logo Daddy, I think is selling his heat wave because he ordered a 3000. And so okay. uh, give him a call or anybody out there listening, give John a call <laughs> and just say hi because he's got a real sexy voice. And mm -hmm. he is, a, he, <laughs> I made Joanne laugh for the first time in this whole thing. <laughs> but, uh, and he's just a really, uh, he's a great dude too. So yeah, call him up. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, any more questions, Dylan? No, I'm good. Do you want to do uh, questions for us? Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. I know you had 24 hours to think of some things, so. <laughs> That's all good. Well, I've, I've taken notes on a few things because sometimes you guys will talk to somebody and the, the, like you'll get sidetracked. And I'm like, I wish they would have kept going on that. <laughs> um, yeah. Business insurance. I don't know that you guys have talked about that a lot. I recently have upgraded, I guess you could say. Cause really it's something you don't think about until it's too late. We had a fire in 2017 and I wasn't underinsured, but I definitely, it definitely hurt the business for a couple of years. Like as you look back over the whole span of many years, you can really see this downward spike and then go back up, um, which didn't get covered cause I didn't know how to use it. So uh, do you guys have like error, error and omissions insurance like if you guys mess stuff up i think that's something a lot of people don't think about no i got quoted on it once and i was like this isn't worth it like i feel like if i was <laughs> gonna fuck something up i would just fix it but i'm also yeah. not doing like thirty thousand piece runs daily yeah i mean like i feel like if i was doing like anytime we do an order that's like a couple thousand pieces we're like ultra like going out of our way to make sure like okay like taking pictures on press and being like this is 100 percent what you're looking for right and like yeah triple checking like if it's a hundred piece order it's like whatever fuck it we'll fix it so i don't have that i just i mean i have insurance on everything else like the building and all the presses and all yeah. that stuff like if it burns down but like 
as far as like fucking stuff up, I'm like, nah, it's not worth because I think it was something stupid. It was like, I don't know, it was like 500 bucks a month or something. I was like, it's not. Worth yeah, I don't think mine was that much. Um, I did add it just just for that little security blanket, something you don't have to worry about at night. Like, I mean, we all have those nights where you're thinking about something like, Oh crap, did I leave the flash on or whatever? I mean, it's definitely happens in our industry more than other oh, yeah, yeah. types of businesses. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't know great. if that's something. I think that, um, especially right now, like, isn't this the perfect time of year to review your, your insurance? And so right in, right in January to, to see if you need to, I mean, a lot of times shops will buy new equipment and they won't upgrade uh, their policy. You know, let's say, let's say you have, let's say you have 500 K worth of equipment and then you go buy another, let's say you buy a wax machine or something and it's 60 K and you don't, you don't um, increase your policy to 560 or whatever, you know what I mean? And so I think that's a really good time of year to remind yourself to wait a second. I got to email my insurance agent and remind them to, to up our policy. Also, um, something that I have that I'll um, share is I also have a, a personal umbrella. Um, yep. And so um, let's say that um, for whatever reason I'm sued and it's more than what my insurance covers or more than what the business is worth or more than whatever, you know, there's this umbrella over, um, um, I guess, me so that they can't go after any personal assets or my house or whatever it is, you know, and so... There's like, I think insurance is really like, that's a really good that you brought it up. It's, it's, it's an overlooked thing because it's an expense and you think, oh, well, that's never going to happen. Like it's not going to burn right. down or whatever, but when it does, yeah, that really sucks. And the other, one other thing that I, I wish that I know my policy has, but I really probably need to increase it is that loss of business. So like when it does, let's say yeah. you do have to close for whatever reason, cause you, you have a fire and you don't have any autos or something and you are closed for <laughs> holy shit so like at this at this point if you have to order if you lose presses and you have to order some more presses you're going to be waiting 8 months for for yeah. a press you literally may not even be able to print a shirt for 8 months what are you going to do yeah. for 8 months you know and so um are you going to carry your team or is everybody going to have to get jobs somewhere else or yeah. if you have um loss of business insurance for x amount of days or months then yeah. Um, maybe that's something to look at and increase because what a lot of times those aren't even that much money, you know, uh, additional, it's not that much additional every month. Yeah. So, yeah. I think um, definitely talking to your agent and, and maybe even talking to an agent that you're not going to use uh, versus someone that's just trying to sell you stuff. Cause I know that's, that's kind of a hard, we talked about this when we talked to Kellen, but like my recommendation is when they're done like with the spiel and they give you the packet or whatever, be like, look them in the eyes and be like, how are you going to fuck me? Like, <laughs> like no joke. And that's what I did. Like my insurance agent is my sister-in-law. And I was like, tell me right now. And she had like her business lady with her that like, I don't really know. And I was like, be 100% honest with me right now. How are you going to fuck me? And she was like, well, realistically, like if you're, cause I got insurance on the building, like if it burnt down, I wanted to make sure it was covered over. And I was like, how is this going to fuck me over? And she's like, well, technically with this in policy, if your building catches on fire and like, say I said, okay, I'm going to get, you know, X amount of dollars for all this stuff. I was like, she's like, if your building catches on fire and doesn't fully burn to the ground, like the whole building, we're only going to give you like a quarter of what was owed and not like to cover the whole building, even though the whole building would be like fucked because of like smoke damage and all this other stuff. 
I was like, that's yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I was like, how is that not covering everything in the building? If like, you know, three quarters of it burns down, but like a quarter of it still stands that has none of my shit in it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Well, and I mean, even like, like well, right. And I'm like, well, how much more do I have to pay a month to like cover everything, no matter what? And she's like, oh, well, the policy went from like, whatever it was, like, uh, like $375 to $500 a month to cover like everything, like no fuck me policy. If anything happens, like it's covered. So yeah. I was like, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for right. you to like charge me X amount of dollars to where when something actually happens, you can like point out a stipulation and be like, well, we said, and this contract that's 85 pages long, you didn't read this one line. Like yeah. we're not liable to pay this much money. I'm like, don't like, tell me how you're going to fuck me right now. And she did. So it worked out. I haven't had to use it yet. So, I mean, she still might be fucking me, but. Yeah. If you say that well, to the sure wrong that, person, go ahead. I was going to say, make sure you have that stuff set up on auto pay. You don't want to miss a payment when you have a fire. That was like the first thing I yeah, thought. When, mine's all on auto pay. Yeah. It was, it was like, oh, did I pay my insurance? <laughs> like the first thing. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, insurance. That, that was pretty scary time for sure. I mean, I'm sure you could use other verbiage, but in this case, I, I literally said, how are you going to fuck me? But you could say like, how is this going to bend me over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what happened with that. Um, did you have anything else, Miles? Um, so one of the things the insurance companies are trying to sell now is like cyber terrorism. So people that are getting their files hacked, like I haven't heard of anybody in the printing industry that's had that happen, but I don't know if like you guys have seen that knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, okay, take my designs. I'll just redesign everything, whatever. Uh, but I've seen, you know, different people where they hack, take all your stuff, hold it hostage. You have to pay a ransom. So the insurance companies are saying they will pay the ransom and get your stuff back, which I think is kind of silly because it lets those guys win um but i don't know if you guys had anything like i feel that. like what's happening is that insurance company is the one doing the hacking <laughs> sure they're like yeah we'll pay it you know as long as you pay me this monthly fee we'll pay them and then yeah they're just the ones doing it. i had never heard that before in like this most recent meeting you know we meet once a year they talked about that and i said you know what i if, if they want to steal my stuff go for it like good luck Dylan also believes in Sasquatches. Uh, I would say that Among the, thing, the thing um, to, to do maybe is to um, talk to your IT person and because we got hacked, not that they took um, held anything for ransom, but we got hacked and somebody tried to um, get our, some of our customers to pay them instead of paying us. And yeah. so I would say... Um, step up your IT game or sorry, your security game yeah, uh, with yeah. IT. So um, we, everything is, um, has multi, whatever auth authentication, whatever that's called. Yeah. And yeah. everything has, I think 25 digits, letters, signs, number, you know, all these things so that um, it would take something like, you know, a hundred million years to hack into our stuff. <laughs> but you actually just keep all of those passwords on like a Google doc. I take, yeah, it's on my phone. I have a picture on my phone. It's like a folder in your Google Doc, in your drive that says <laughs> passwords. No, silly, it is not. Um, yeah, and that's what, that so we have a, a password manager here 
which are a lot of them are free. You don't even have to pay for them, but some of them uh, cost. And then uh, like, it's, it's really great because some, the passwords are, you, I don't even, it's, it's impossible to remember. It's not like it's an easy, oh, I remember it's Andy one, two, three or anything. It's super long and doesn't even make any sense. And so it automatically populates, which is really great. I don't know. Yeah. How many policies do you have, have, Andy? You have like that's not Windows. an insurance policy. I'm just saying we were talking about insurance. And you're like, I have this one and this one and this one and this one. You have the the glass on your building. You have insurance on if JoJo leaves. Like what else? Yeah, you JoJo. Have? You, you, JoJo have, you have key man insurance. Do you have key man insurance? Um, you mean if the lot? What's that? Key man insurance. Like you're the key man. Like if you go away, will the building or will the business still run itself? So if not, like maybe in my position, maybe not in your position, I, I feel like you probably could step away and be okay. Uh, maybe not, but you, everyone would still get paid and it would get taken care of. So you, like if you have a partner, you have key man insurance on each other. So Never heard of that. Sounds yeah, cool. I would, I would say look into it in case, you know, like as we get older, something could happen to us. I feel like so if you have a partner, I sleep every night. So, I mean, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. If you have a partner and you off them, then you get all of the business plus you, you get paid. Mess. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I don't think that works like that, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, didn't mean to go there. So any other questions before you, um, we go to shop hacks? No. Do you have any no. shop hacks? I mean, you guys have covered a lot of them. We have. I think. I, I don't necessarily know this is a shop hack, but I think starting out for like the guys that are, you know, maybe still in their garage or just getting a little bit bigger, um, try to visit other shops, make those connections with bigger contract customer or bigger contract shops. Um, you know, I got my first order for 20,000 shirts. I was nowhere near ready to print 20,000 shirts. Um, so luckily I had a friend that had a big shop and I was able to have him do it. And then when we got that second 20,000 shirt order, then we were ready to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think people take on those orders and they're not ready. They, they can't do it and it drives them nuts or they My take a big loss. People get like a 10,000 piece order and they're doing it manually. We did a thousand shirt order manually before we Guilty. had autos and it was rough. And it sucked because the customer didn't pick up the other, like the second 500. They picked up the first 500 and paid for them. And they're like, oh, we'll be back for the second 500 when you're done with them. And they never picked them up. So we had 500 shirts that said, quit plan. <laughs> That's a red flag right there. You should have saw that in the beginning. Oh, totally. Totally. But they supplied the shirts. So Uh-oh. it was, it wasn't, it was more of a loss for them, but I was like, I wish I just wouldn't have printed these and I could have had 500 shirts that I could have printed anything on. Right. Yeah. I think that but, um, I get that question a lot of how do I grow? Um, how do we grow, you know, as a, as a business. And I think that, um, that's complicated because I think that if I were to say, if I were to tell the person how we grew, well, that was 12 years ago and it was different. Like it's di- the, yeah. the things yeah. that we did to grow. It's different now here, 12 years later, I would say though, this, I think it's a combination of things for us. There's lots of ways to get bigger. Um, but I think what we used is like just a combination of things. We used, um, the referrals because we, we had, we did really great work. And we made sure that um, everything was that the customer had a great experience and so that they would tell their friends. So there's referrals word of mouth. Right. Um, We tried to establish an Internet presence, um, whether if so, if you Googled us, you would find us in our in our town. 
Um, yeah. and so there was that we, um, did we did some email blasts back before nobody even opens them back back in it the used old, to be that if you emailed somebody last days yeah like those days you would get some open rates that were pretty good like like oh i'm getting an email i'm gonna read it now it's just such there's so much that Dude, you don't really my space no rules mm-hmm. wild west you know like so i my like it was great i like that you said um you know, talked about growth because it's a lot of people get stuck. Like, how do I get bigger? And um, it's relationships. So yeah, that's, that's a major thing too. So talk to other shops that um, some of the work we're this, the job that we're printing right now today on two autos all day, we printed all day yesterday too, is from another shop that um, has so much work that, um, and they, and they also have only such a lot, you know, a certain size team. And um, they, um, they partnered with us to get, you know, to, to help them catch up and, yeah. and to keep, and to keep caught up. And so we built that relationship though, over, um, some shop visits, lots of emails, lots of phone calls and yeah, um, a smaller job at first. And then now all of a sudden they're like, you know, can we send you more? And it's like, it's unbelievable <laughs> because right now this time of year is just like, it's, it's perfect. And then, yeah. So, so you're, well, right. I mean, like, we, make I, I even did that with you, you know, like we, I met buying you, that flash from you. And then I saw your shop was very impressed mm-hmm. and I was very behind. And I said, Hey, can you help me? And you said, yeah. So, and then I know, printed that order and you're like, you haven't called me back since, but well, because, actually the, I did he actually, dropped off the first 500 T's and then didn't get the <laughs> other half just playing. Um, I did, uh, actually we, we printed today, um, we got two orders from Baker pool and spa. So like, okay. uh, I know that you were really busy with your niche and the, and there's riches are in the niches. We all know this. Yeah. So D- Dylan loves, that's one of it. He has that on his wall um, back there. You just can't see it, but uh, you were um, really focused on that disc golf stuff. And there was, you had a customer in St. Louis that was looking for, for shirts and you knew that you were too far out and you couldn't, instead of contracting through me, you just said, Hey, go to shirt Kong. And so I appreciate that. We still print for them. Um, well, that's good. But here, here's a good story. So I yeah. printed for them before our fire. We had their shirts in-house when the fire happened. Um, so their shirts smelled like smoke. I had to get new shirts, but we were down for a while. Mm. Um, and they said, hey, we're going to go somewhere else. And then they came back. And I mean, we printed for them for a really long time. And they're a great company to work for because they have like 10 different other, you know, things going on besides just the pool business. Um, long story. But I was like, they're right next to you. I mean, it just makes more sense. And it wasn't that I couldn't take care of them. It wasn't that I wasn't pricing their orders. Right. It just made sense. It was kind of a thank you to you as well. Andy for just like helping us out. And I think the customer really appreciates it. And I mean, as long as you don't mess up, they probably will never call me. Bless you. Yeah. I, I ran an order for you at no charge once just for a thank you of that. Yeah. Yeah. That but, was like um, my commission for it. And that was like super cool. Cause that's exactly what I would have done. And I didn't ask you to do that, but mm-hmm. that's, you were like, Hey, I, I, this one's on me. And it, I'm glad that they still are working with you. So it paid off for you the right way. Yeah. This is uh, like a great love story. And I think um, that it's also a great story because people um, should recognize just common like g- gestures, I suppose, in business. And so if yeah. you are going to partner with a shop and so that when you're busy, you can overflow can go there. And when they're busy, overflow can come to you do those little things. Like you gave me, um, actually gave me a customer. You didn't even contract it to me. You gave me one. I did. You did contract some work to me, but you gave me this customer. And then um, I printed the next job just at no charge as a thank you. And that little gesture is 
I think it means something. And I, cause I, cause I really appreciated you giving us this customer. And the other thing I would say is, is that we printed a, you talked about how to print on hundred percent poly shirts. We printed like a order of 400 or something poly shirts. And we ran it on a press that they didn't go on fresh pallet tape. And yep. we, um, uh, it wasn't like terrible. It was, it was sort of, it, fresh, yeah, it was okay. But, but we, we were just were, like all amateurs, you know? Yep. Totally. Like yeah. we didn't do the best of, like, I saw them at the end of the dryer. I was like, Oh fuck. Like if, like I, those needed to look like eight, like perfect. And, and you offered to reprint them. You're like, I'll redo it. And I, and I was like, it's going to be fine. This customer will not care mm-hmm. if it was other customers. Yeah. I would have said, dude, you got to reprint it. it sucks. You know, but <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, um, I mean, everybody messes up and I'm not, and those guys, they know, they know they need to change their palette tape, but I think it was like one of those days and they thought it was good enough. And honestly, the shirts were, most of them were great. There were a few that had some, some, you know, that spots um, in them, yeah. but. Just as uh, the limb balls, they really show through on those polyester shirts. Dylan loves this story. I almost didn't want to tell it because he just loves that I messed up, that we messed up. <laughs> He's over there gloating. <clears throat> I mess up yeah. it all the time, so. I mean, we say every day is a new day, a new way to mess up a shirt. Something up. Mm-hmm. Every day, dude. I mean, you think, oh, I've done it all. Nope. Something else will happen weird. You know, screen catches on fire, ink flies across the shop, you know, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's always something that's like for a friend too, or someone you're trying to impress. <laughs> too much yeah. pressure. Yeah. All right. And are you ready for quick takes? I am. And I am first. So. Here we go. What's one thing you need every day besides a bag of dots? You know why I say um, that? Yeah, I would say uh, a hot shower. No one has ever said in 85 episodes, a shower. <laughs> We're fucking dirt bags. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I've been that way for a long time. Like on the road, you don't take showers for three or four days. So I really appreciate the fact of waking up, especially right now with it being cold, getting up in the morning, taking a hot shower. Dude, it's, everyone we talk to is like, what's the first thing you do in the morning? They're like, oh, coffee and go to work. It's I don't drink early. coffee. I've never drank coffee. I'm with you. I don't drink coffee either. I've also never drink? drank beer either. Slams a glass of water. I try to. I try right. to. Uh, what shows are you currently watching? Uh, I started, that. what is it? Don't look up. Stop everything. Stop right there. Don't finish it. <laughs> okay i just saved you it's a, it's a movie i just it doesn't matter i'll save an hour of your life just move on do something else oh really okay um <laughs> what, what's the other one they came out with like the fifth season uh oh no i, I haven't I, I haven't been able to watch it because my kids are always awake and i can't watch it uh money heist hmm. i know what's guys, on oh there. my gosh yeah so good. I haven't finished like the fifth season. I think it is so intense. So well thought out. I appreciate it a lot. I, I definitely say if you have time, watch it. Okay. It's great. Sweet. Anything else? Just those two money heist and the movie. I don't watch a ton. I mean, typically I'm watching like YouTube stuff, you know, uh, shorter kind of stuff while I'm working. So I don't really Not get a lot of time, especially with the kids. Yeah. I listen to podcasts, maybe like if I'm at the shop, just like working by myself, but you know, the kids are pretty much in control of the TV. So we're watching, you know, mm-hmm. father of the bride or 
you know, some good old eighties, nineties flicks. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Is it romantic? Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I could tell. That mustache says it all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just did this like two weeks ago mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny. Such I'm a flavor saver. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in time or into the future? Back to the future is my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies. Uh, I, I think I would want to go back in time. High fucking five. The first person that said that. I'm with you. We're going to go back. I think, in time. I think it just gets worse from here, honestly. I mean, the conveniences get better, but I think the quality of life just fucking not I'm having not a cell the phone. Conveniences, though. I'm into, like, I want to know if certain shit happens. Like, I want to be alive. Why? I don't. Like, Why? I want to be in live when, like, fucking aliens are hanging out with us and shit. Or I, want I, mean, to be, yeah, already, cool. I think that already happened. I want to be like, okay, cool. Like I chop my fucking arm off and I can lay in this thing. And it's like, fucking grows it back for me. Like I want to like, I want shit like that. I want to be like, oh, cool. Here's like a, you know, I don't know. I want to be able to be like, oh, I want to go to Mars. And you're like, and you're fucking there. Like, no, thanks. Uh, How, so back in time, how far, where would you go? Like if tomorrow you were going to go back in time, where, what year? You go back and sit on Lincoln's porch. (laughs) With him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll take that answer. Um, 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 Just do oh, the last me? one, Andy. Yeah. Oh, did I mess that up? I yeah, did. Yeah, you messed up the timing as usual, per usual. Um, yeah. What's for dinner? Oh, man. So last night we had pot pies. Mm. Um, vegetarian pot pies. Mm-mm, I take it back. <laughs> Sorry. I, res- <laughs> I rescind my... <laughs> <laughs> what was in them what's a vegetarian well, popeye what's in there it's got like a you know like a a soy protein you know you just like open it up chicken. and it's full of grass like lawn clippings <laughs> no yeah. probably like carrots potatoes the same stuff like i'm assuming and then with just a like a soy water right? yeah super good my wife cooks boiled three meals a day oh they were homemade like she, popeyes uh, that was not no, but I like a lot of times she'll we'll, we'll get something maybe that's frozen, mm-hmm. and she won't be happy with it. So then she'll say, "Oh, I'll make it and I'll make it better," you know. <laughs> so, but she she brought my lunch <coughs> while uh, oh, yeah. podcast was. It sounds sort of like it sounds sort of like you have a personal assistant maybe, and you didn't share that with us. Personal well, I, I'm hoping that once the kids get old enough to be both in school, I hope that she does come work with me at the shop, like not full time, but just helping with little things. My mom's kind of a personal assistant. She runs a lot of errands for me, like bank runs and picking up stuff and dropping stuff off because she's retired and she's always running around town. I have no idea what I'm having for dinner, but I haven't had lunch yet and I'm fucking starving. Yeah, I'm thinking about lunch, really. Yeah, it's what pretty late there, huh? It's 2 30 and I normally eat at noon. So right now my body is hating me. Yeah. Well, Dylan, uh, go get yourself something to eat. Miles, thanks for coming on, especially on yeah. that short for notice. Me. Uh you're awesome for that. We owe you one. Yeah. And uh really loved those dots. Um we got tees. the Oh yeah, yeah, tiny teas. So appreciate that stuff. It's right there. Yeah, no problem. Can you see it? It's got. There's an alien. I can see it behind you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I have one too. I printed three, uh, so I, I still have one because just in case one got messed up, you know. Good man. Didn't want to give you guys a crap print. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to take it out. Hold on. We're going to take it out with one more bad joke from the button. It's going to be awful. Better be good. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. Good enough? Oh, I forgot the laugh. Hold on. Anyone want to buy a broken barometer? No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) All right, man. See you later. See you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.